HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show was brought to you by MolecularRecipes.com, the world's number one source for modernist recipes, techniques, ingredients, and tools. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Went through the whole spiel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, a glass of wine. So nice. Prosecco, bubbling. Stas, uh, Nastasia de Hammer Lopez is not with me in the studio today. She is actually in Long Island on the day that we have bubbly here. Stas, what well, you can't believe it? You're missing the bubbly. I know. I asked for the bubbly for you. Oh, that's so sweet. That you know, was me. That is. I didn't pay for it. That is a true friend who. <laughs> it's not the money. It's the fact that she wanted someone else to have it, even though she couldn't have it. That's the mark of a true that friend is, for Stas. That is a true friend. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to cheers the microphone here. Right. That's the. That's oh, that me. sounds great. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now do it again. <laughs> Clicking the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy. Yes. So, Congratulations. Did you tell you. anybody yet? No, no. Just uh, just came on. Uh, by the way, this is uh, Cooking Issues. Uh, I'm Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network from uh, Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn, on Ooh. the Heritage Radio Network, roughly look, 12 look to 1245 every Tuesday. It's a nice, smooth intro. Yeah. Well, I cut you off on the beginning because I was fumbling oh. and getting the, the uh, applause ready. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, well, you know, now, now that we've been nominated for, well... <clears throat> The radio show still has yet someday, someday. Yeah, but make now someday, someday. So my book, Liquid Intelligence, nominated for James Beard uh, Award, along with the Sherry book and the Death and Co book for um, like a beverage uh, uh, writing, I guess, or beverage book. And I'm super happy. This is the first real award I've ever been nominated for, ever. Really, isn't that weird? I mean, not weird, but like you know, ever, ever. Look, uh, when I was in school, I wasn't the kid that got <laughs> awards. I was that kid who's like, you know, I didn't do poorly enough to get best improvement, you know, because I always did well, but I didn't do well enough to get any of the awards. Like, you know, I definitely didn't get that best citizenship award. Did you get that crap? Stas Stas got best personality in... uh, Go figure, huh? Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Me? You know what I was? I was that kid who, you know, on Valentine's Day when everyone buys the carnations for their buddies? Oh, no. Uh, 
You know, they buy like a, you. You can buy a, oh, it's a white one. It's a friendship, and the green one. I don't know what the green one is. Whatever in the hell. And then the you know the red one is who I love you. All this other crap. Well, yeah. I was the one who got the secret admirer carnation at the end of the day because everyone had to get one and so if nobody bought you one they would just hand you one at the end of the day and be like it's a secret admirer and it's like listen i'm not an idiot you know what i mean like i, I get it you know what i mean it's like i don't I don't, yeah. I don't need to walk around with a flower in my hand you know what i mean it's like if you're gonna wallow in it just wallow in it it's built character it's good stuff you know so i feel like my whole mojo is ruined by this nomination thing now that i've been nominated for something i can't have the kind of like the the wah wah mojo anymore you know what i mean if you if you win you should tell that story i think that's a good story yeah well i'll tell you what uh uh like the the thing is is that like the, both the other books are fantastic fantastic books so whoever whoever wins it's going to be you know it's it's good I mean obviously I would I would like to I would like to win for the only thing that I've been nominated for I mean I would like to win but you know I'm up against yeah. some stiff some stiff stiff competition there yeah April twenty fourth so we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens yeah so Stas where are you today why don't you tell the people where you are I'm going to Jackson Pollock's old house. Um, to learn about what he used to make for dinner parties. Yeah. Something like that. You mean the non-alcoholic stuff he used to make for the dinner party? Raging alcoholic, Jackson Pollock. <laughs> and mean, you said. Oh, Terrible. You, oh, just bad, bad guy. Like, from all yeah. accounts. I mean, look, I didn't meet the guy. The guy died, like, you know, way before I was born. But from all accounts, just a real jerk. Just a real... Mm-hmm. There's a movie actually. I think Ed Harris uh, plays him. I never saw the movie, but I don't. I don't know how true to life it is. But uh, mm-hmm. did you? I mean, wh- whatever, whatever. But like, uh, how's the how's the food looking so far? But we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, yeah, we're not there yet. But supposedly we're going to get to like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it is. Well, I know you're a hater of everything. So yes. like, like, there's nothing you hate more than a concept. I know, I know. I don't even know why I'm here. Yeah. Well, it's fun. I mean, look, it's going to be good. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a shame it's that it's cold. It's actually so that I can listen to that radio station. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's, Nastasia <laughs> has a... Um, uh, it's obsession. Yeah, yeah, yeah obsession. There's this, there's this, like, no offense to it. I mean, look, we're, I'm talking, but like, there's this tiny radio station <laughs> in Long Island. And what is it you like about this radio station, Stas? It's so local. It's just so incredibly, like, Community oriented, and I and I, I, it's like listening to the police blotter. Yeah, remember that one time we were listening to it, and it was like they were describing the stuff that the cops took out of the pocket of the kid that they, you know, <laughs> yeah. pulled over at the mall or whatever. Yeah, 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 the guy's ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah, all kinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. And he had a ham and cheese sandwich in his pocket. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, and right, uh, you have a lot of ketchup questions. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But I also I can't I leave without saying that uh, when I spoke to Nastasia this morning after I heard about the uh, uh, nomination, she was like, "You got nominated for best uh, insulated food separator because that's all Nastasia uses <laughs> uh, the liquid intelligence for." Yours, yeah, 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 your book. yeah, my book, yeah. <laughs> so she's she assumes that the other two, the other two are actual books though, Nastasia. They have words in them no, that no. you can read, whereas mine is simply something that keeps hot foods and cold foods separated. It's like it's good. That's why I wrote so much. Is perfect I, thickness. Yeah, it's perfect thickness. You know, if I had written any more, it would have been too heavy. If I had written any less, it wouldn't have been as good an insulator. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Anyways, yeah. Uh, we might be joined later in the program uh, by uh, Peter Kim. Oh, yeah. So, wait, do you guys like the more mellow uh, intro? There's the more NPR style intro? It was very distinguished. Yeah? 
Yeah. Well, I didn't hear the intro. Well, you know, if we if we ever want to get nominated, we're going to have to go more distinguished instead of like. Maybe you know, that's what's scaring them away. You think? No. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, call in your questions to 718-497-2128. That's 718-497-2128. That's, I'm trying to, anyway. Uh, but Nastasi, you actually hate all of the, I shouldn't say that, but you, you don't like, uh, you don't like kind of mellow, like, staid folks, right? No, that's why I don't listen to NPR. I just don't like the mouth noises that you can hear when people talk, like, in a mellow way. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love NPR, actually. But, I know. Yeah, whatever. Hey, Dave, we're going to have somebody come in and film you. Is that cool? Really? Yeah. Um, okay. You like how we could just ask that on the show? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. All right. Uh, I mean, whatever. It's their, it's, it is their camera. It's for our Kickstarter video. It's pretty exciting. We have, oh, we have well, a new website coming. Well, why don't you say something about that before I get into the... But quickly, because i gotta get, I got to get some... Well, we started on time. Yeah, I haven't even started you, yet. The video will tell you everything, so... That's well, it. Here's the teaser. We okay. have a new website coming and a Kickstarter campaign to fund that website. What are you so. going to do? What are you going to do with the website? Uh, it's a new website, a completely new platform. But I mean, are you selling Viagra? What are you doing? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it's for radio. Yeah, Come yeah. On. But yeah. I know. But like, is right. there like some? You don't want to. You don't want to give anything away. It's no. going to be in the Kickstarter video. That's right. All right. Yep. All right. Fair. Uh, are you running the Kickstarter, Jack? Not just me. You know, the whole team here. Yeah. Mm. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> oh yeah hey do we have yeah. a, a firm ship date by the way speaking of kickstarter on the uh steak decorators uh, no we don't have that date yet but they're done right they're done they should be shipped out this week and they should be here you know the next couple weeks at most all right cool all right we'll give you more info when we get it uh yeah. yes and uh, pretty soon we can talk about our next products. Pretty soon within you can you can talk about yeah, but I'm not going to bring it up yet until I have it firm okay. when I'm going to do it. But All like right. within within a month or so, we should be announcing our next stuff. Once we get the steak decorators out and everybody's happy with us, and we don't have uh, the, the hounds at our heels. Uh, okay, uh, let me get to some questions. Which is what we're actually here for instead of just uh, chit chatting. Uh, BJD wrote in and listen. I apologize. Obviously, this was a uh, a corned beef question for St. Patrick's Day, and obviously St. Patrick's Day is over. Let me just say that corned beef is not just for St. Patrick's Day. Do you like corned beef, Stas? Yes, I do. I think it's good. Wow. Wow. Unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, it's good stuff. But do you like it? Mm-hmm. Do you like any form of it? Are you a sandwich corned beef person or more like a hash person? Uh, sandwich form with mustard. Oh, yeah, mustard. Oh, my God, mustard. Mm-hmm. You know, I can mm-hmm. still remember when I was a kid. Very young, you know. Like we did touristy stuff, you know, because you know I lived in Jersey, and who, you know what do we know? No offense, uh, <laughs> no offense, uh, but uh, so I remember we went to Carnegie Deli. This is a billion years ago. This has got to be in like you know late seventies, early eighties, or something. And I got the um, the Broadway Danny Rose, which I believe is corned beef and pastrami, uh, and. I asked for freaking mayonnaise, and like the oh my god! Even though I was a little kid, like the waiter almost punched me. It's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I would wow. never do that now. I would never do that now. Mustard, mustard. Are you yeah. more? Wait, are you more of a pastrami person or corned beef person? I like corned beef better than pastrami. Jack, I go either way, but I'll, I'll go pastrami probably. Yeah, I think I go pastrami. I like them both, but I would definitely if like if 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 you had to choose one thing to go with, I go with pastrami. You know what the worst thing in the world is? People who try to get the leanest pastrami possible just don't have the freaking pastrami. Get something else. 
pastrami. Like, I like love the fatty part of the pastrami with all the pepper and the mustard. Oh my god, yeah. rye bread. You like it on rye bread, Stas? I don't like rye bread. No. <sighs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll have to discuss this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to call you. I mean, I just did. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say I'm not going to call you out, but. I just, just did. That was it. I just did. Yeah. Okay. With the holidays upon us, St. Patrick's Day, which I missed, because I was flying back, people, from uh, South by Southwest, where uh, I was giving a talk uh, with uh, Peter Kim and Emma Boast about the uh, Museum of Food and Drink. Maybe he'll talk about it when he gets here. Maybe not. I was literally there. We also did a, uh, a really fun event uh, for the museum at a place called uh, Odd Duck in uh, Austin. Fantastic place. Everyone there was really, really nice. Uh, food, excellent, really awesome place. I recommend anyone in Austin go check it out. Uh, with the hol- oh, by the way, oh my God, I, I know I'm. Gonna, listen, I'm going to get to the questions, but I, I don't want to forget this because you know how I am. Johnny Hunter's birthday today. Hey, his birthday? Oh, oh, nice. Johnny Hunter's birthday. I don't know how I know this. I just got a text. I thought it was from you, Stas. Someone sent me a text that says it's Johnny Hunter's birthday. So there it is. Happy birthday. Nice. Happy nice. birthday. Happy birthday. And I believe. Uh, is he in the finalist list? I know he was nominated in the pre-nominations for the Beard Award. Is he in the finalist list? I hope so. I didn't see his name, but uh, I didn't look that hard. Anyway, happy birthday. Um, finally, a question here. With the holidays upon us, I was wanting to hear Dave's suggestions on brining and circulating a brisket. I'm planning on going with the Serious Eats recipe, but I'm always looking to improve. And then they link to uh, Kenji's uh, uh, recipe for um, brisket with... Uh, uh, you know, whatever brisket. You know. So anyway, so here's the the recipe. It is uh, brisket trimmed with uh, salt. Now listen, uh, and he cures it for eight days. It's salt, spices, you know, sugar, you know, peppercorns, all this mustard seeds, coriander, blah blah blah, allspice, clove, yada yada yada. Right. Uh, let's get to the to the nuts and bolts. First of all, uh, Kenji calls out. Uh, and so I'm just going to comment on this particular recipe uh, that you're that you're dealing with and and, and deal with it. First of all, on the salt, uh, in the in the recipe, uh, it calls for first it gives a um, a grams and then an ounces and then a cup measurement and then it says diamond crystal kosher salt. Now I'm sure most of the listeners on this show will know that uh, you cannot measure. Salt. I'm sure it's just like the, the the way they have to do it for the website. You can't measure salt by volume. Specifically, kosher salt is a freaking nightmare uh, to measure by volume because diamond kosher salt, which is, by the way, the choice of everyone everywhere who has any sense really for uh, general salting, uh, is ex- compared to Morton's kosher salt or any other like a form of like regular like iodized like salt crystals. Is very fluffy, right? So, uh, if you were to use a a, a cup of uh, diamond crystal kosher salt, is I, I don't remember exactly, but it's something like the equivalent Morton's kosher salt is like only like two thirds of a cup. So it's wildly different. So you always want to weigh your uh, you always want to weigh your salt now. The reason to use uh, the reason everybody likes Diamond, who has used it, uh, and I think it's available nationwide. Just have to search for it. The, the reason is is because it's fluffy, it's easier to dose out because you can put a healthier sprinkle on, and because you can put a healthier sprinkle on because it's less dense, it, you know you have more margin for error when you're sprinkling the stuff in. It's 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 easier to sift in your hand and dump on stuff. Doesn't clump as much. Blah blah blah. It's just a superior shape, kosher salt for cooking. 
Like, period. Like, that's just all there is to it. So um, if you're going to measure by volume, you must use Diamond if you're going to follow his recipe. But, you know, like I said, I think most of the listeners of this show already know that. Um, then calls out uh, for the cure, because remember, these are cured uh, things, calls out for uh, 10 grams uh, of uh, salt, saltpeter or pink salt. Now, listen. Saltpeter is like an old thing that people call out. Don't use it. Just forget it. It's there's no freaking reason to ever use saltpeter. Don't do it. What is that? What is saltpeter? A saltpeter is like a. I think it's pure sodium uh, nitrate. I have to look it up. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's pure sodium or something like that. Maybe Jack can look it up while I'm talking. But it's like an old thing that people used to get at druggists. Uh, you know, at druggists, I got it once when I was a kid because I was making natron, which is the mummification salt. When I was doing my mummif- my mummification project in uh, in uh, in elementary school, and I had to like pack it into a thing. But the point is, is that you is that you don't want to use it. Right? Just don't because it's incredibly easy to get nowadays curing salt, right? But you can't just say pink salt, right? So what happens is is that regular salt is regular salt. If you want to get the kind of uh, cured taste and color in meats in a reasonable amount of time, you have to add uh, nitrites or nitrates. So the, the trick is is that there's, there's three different ways that the average person can get these, these things. One is that there's two kinds of kind of a – Instacures, pink salt called Prag powder one and two or Instacure one and two or pink salt, right? One is the one that you want to get. It's nitrite, right? And then two is the one that you don't want to use and that's nitrate. And uh, the difference is is that nitrite is uh, – consider that like a short-acting um, kind of cure agent whereas the nitrate is a more – is a kind of a longer-acting because the nitrate has to get converted to nitrite before it can then do its, uh, its curing work. Now – so what do you use the nitrate for? Well, you use it for country hams and things like that. Basically, nothing else. Anything else you're going to do, you're going to use nitrite. Definitely any wet brining you're going to do, you're going to use nitrite, which is Instacure 1 or Prague Powder 1. Uh, make sure you get the right one. The other thing you could do instead is use a product that you can get in a lot of places called Tender Quick, and that is salt uh, – with the Instacure already put in on a salt weight basis. So then if you use that, if you use TenderQuick, that's a Morton's product and it's not as uh, dense. You definitely have to weigh it, but then you omit the pink salt altogether. Anyways, uh, Kenji says to uh, marinate it in a vacuum or in a Ziploc. If you marinate it in a vacuum bag, you're going to get a faster penetration And if you marinate it in a Ziploc. Uh, he does it for eight days, flipping it. That's all good. Then you, what you're going to – like the real baller way is like if you want to do it quickly is you could pressure marinate this thing, but you'd have to get like a pressure pot. They make stainless steel pressure pots for painting. Uh, or you, if you have a Cornelius keg, you, like a, you can throw the brisket into the corny keg and then – pressurize it at like 80 psi with a with a tank with like a co2 tank it's not going to hurt anything because you're going to get the co2 out later or nitrous if you have it like i have it and then pressure marinate it and you can marinate it very very quickly and then let it let it sit and it'll be a very equal cure then you won't have to worry about salt equalization as much because it's going to penetrate very very quickly so that's something you can do if you really have a a need to tech it up if it's for some reason you don't want to wait around for eight days or you just want to penetrate it and try something else you can do that. Uh, I don't think it's kind of necessary from a quality standpoint. But here is where it gets interesting. He has uh, – Kenji has two different um, cooking uh, techniques. Both are uh, take it out of the cure, uh, wash it off, right? And then one is a traditional way where you put it 
Oh my god! Now, you remember? You guys, have you've all seen uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark a million times, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So now I have in my head because Dax repeats it constantly. Is when the guy is looking at the uh, a headpiece of uh, Ra, and he goes, "This is the old way." Remember that? Remember he's like he's like, no. "Take back one kadan." Remember this? Anyone remembers this? Where he's no. like. Where they're like like the the awesome dude and Indy with the bad dates and the monkey where he's like that like the Nazi has burnt only one side of the staff into his hand and so they make the they make the the staff six kadan high and then he has flips it over he's like take back one kadan to honor the Hebrew God whose ark this is and then they all say the staff is too long they're digging in the wrong place you don't remember this as soon, whenever anyone says take one back it's all I can think about this is only going to make sense to people who are, are Raiders of the Lost Ark fanatics. Jack, do you remember any of this? I mean, not that specifically. I remember the movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, come on. It's one of the great movies. Please. Declan in here remembers that part. Yeah? Nice. Yeah. Sweet. At least somebody's with me on this. Anyways, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, the old way. Uh, so, is put it in a pot of water with a little bit, uh, you know, with like an inch of water over it or something like that. And then just, uh, he puts it in the oven at 200 with a lid slightly ajar. So, the real question is, how what temperature is that actually? He's cooking it for a long time, like 10 hours. So, the presumption is, is that he's getting enough evaporation in there such that the temperature never gets above probably... I don't know, 190, 180. I don't know. I'd have to measure it. I don't know. He didn't give a measurement for the temperature that it is when it's in the oven. But when he does his uh, sous vide, his his vacuum bag one, he cooks it at 180 Fahrenheit. Now, that is traditional kind of temperatures. He also cooks it there for 10 hours, which I don't know. I don't know how long it takes to, to cook that out. But here is where you have a big change in texture, flavor, and taste. When you're cooking the brisket, in uh, water, uh, traditionally, right? You are giving it more of a poached. You're leaching flavor out of the meat, right? And you're also giving it uh, that kind of more poached texture. It's going to become more friable. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be different, right? Uh, y- when you do it in the bag, uh, it's going to be kind of more compact, more sliceable, um, and it will have a more intense flavor. Now, here's the issue is that is you're going to leach a lot less salt out when you cook it in the bag versus when you cook it in um, in water. You're also not going to have the f- like cooking liquid left uh, later to redo the veg and other stuff afterwards, so you have to come up with something else to, to do there. Now, uh, another uh, issue is, is that you have to choose what kind of texture you want. If you want a traditional texture on this thing, then you have to cook it high at a high temperature. And that's how I do confit, even in the bag, frankly, when I'm doing duck. Uh, high for about the same length of time as you would normally because you're cooking it roughly at the same temperature that you would normally cook it. The other alternative you can do, and it makes an entirely different product, not better, not worse, different, is to go low in temperature, something like 57 degrees uh, um, Celsius, uh, 135 Fahrenheit roughly. And then uh, at that temperature, you're going to want to cook it for probably between 48 and 56 to 72 hours, somewhere in there, somewhere between two days and three days, probably in the 50s of hours. You're going to want to cook it for that long, right? So you have two choices, and it's based on what kind of texture you're trying to achieve. Now, um, 
the other thing is they mention uh, he mentions is that is the cool down. Now here is the vital part of uh, this procedure. When you're doing it traditionally, you just leave the you put the lid on, you let it cool down. As it cools down, it reabsorbs the, the some of the juice from the boiling liquid uh, that goes into it. And when you do the bag, you have to do the same thing. You have to let it reabsorb. Now here's the trick: do not simply throw the uh, the bag into ice water. You need to let it reabsorb. Um, the liquid. So what you want to want to do is take the bag out of the circulator, whatever else you're cooking it in, leave it on uh, the table for at least at, at least 20, 30 minutes. Now, if you cooked it up at 180, remember also there's no botulism in here because you've cured it with nitrates uh, or nitrites rather. So you don't really have to worry that much about botulism. So I would you know not worry as much about how quickly you chill it down if it's in a vacuum bag. I, I probably shouldn't say that, but me personally, I wouldn't worry about it as much. And I'd want to get a low ramp down in temperature. So at a very, very fastest, I would ever chill it is like 20 minutes on the tabletop, on the on the uh, countertop in the air, and then 20 minutes in uh, regular room temperature tap water, and then in ice water. But I would actually push it even further. I would probably do like half hour half hour and then in ice water to bring it down let it cool down and then do your rethrow when you cook it out because you're going to get a if you you're going to get a much better product than if you just shock chill it that's going to be the big uh, that's going to be the big magilla yeah Does that make any sense yes you're like i don't care i don't care <laughs> uh okay so elliot papanow wrote in good old elliot a uh, long time listener of the show uh, and he only addresses it to me, he says, because he knows that I'm the only one answering the questions. But he does say hello, Stas, to you and to Jack. Hey, Elliot. He does say hello to us? He says hello to you, but he's not addressing okay. the question to you. He knows better. I know. I remember seeing that email, and it, yeah. Whoa, what do you mean? Yeah. Give, give me some. Give me some insight into the Nastasia. You know, I was just like, I'm only addressing this to you, Dave, because you're the only one who answers the question. But then he said hello. But- what? Oh, oh! by the way, you'll like this. Peter just came into the studio, and of course he's doing the awkward, I don't know how to sit down, Peter, Peter Kim thing. <laughs> Peter Kim from the Museum of Food and Drink, folks. This is content. Yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, please, thank you guys. No, yeah. Thank you. Please, yeah. Please. So, uh, wait. I don't know how to sit down. <laughs> well, at one time, Dave made me give him a freaking lap dance just to get over to that seat that was across from him. Family show. <laughs> Yeah, you watch it. You weren't here at the beginning, but we're trying to be more professional now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gearing up for uh, new spring growth. Ooh, how much do you hate that uh, that phrase, spring growth? Ugh, yeah. Even though you're a gardener. Well, gearing up for it. We still had a, we had a frost uh, this last week. Anyway, and I want to know the best vinegar and neutral alcohol to infuse with berries, wood, shoots, stems, etc. I plan on service berry... Uh, spruce tips, good call. Cherry wood, sour cherries, which I wish I could do. Wild wild raspberry, uh, strawberry, bean flower, I guess for the color, I guess. Ramps, which are your favorite. Uh, he calls you out on that. Hammer's fave ramps because mm-hmm. Nastasia hates ramps. Because everybody else hates ramps. Because oh, everyone else it's loves almost, them. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's almost ramp season now, too. Annoying. <laughs> I like how you're angry at the plants for growing. You're like, those damn ramps and their springness. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. if you ever meet Nastasia, never tell her that you are enjoying the weather or that you can – because she hates people enjoying the weather, right? You hate True. it. True, yeah. 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 Uh, I think we've said this before, but she is like uh, like the singer from Garbage. She is only happy when it rains. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
So what, what do you suggest? Uh, I live in Illinois, Elliot Papineau. Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, vinegar is so – I would just choose whatever vinegar you like. Just be you know, the flavor of – the thing is how clean do you want it to be? Remember – and how vinegary do you want it to be? The, the, the acidity is going to get mellowed by the fact that you're adding fruit. Fruit is roughly, I don't know, probably over 80% water in that range. And so you know, your acidity is going to be very mellowed by the amount of fruit that's present in the vinegar. So if you want like hyper acid uh, for the infusion, then you might want to go – remember that Swedish vinegar we used to use, Stas? Yeah. It's like super yeah. high acid Swedish vinegar. I forget what it was, but it was Nutty Baggins. It was like 10% or something acid. And that was like hyper vinegar distilled. I actually am a fan of – I have to say like like I like the cleanness of distilled vinegar for a lot of cooking. But then on the other hand, I love uh, you know a delicious uh, – I love a delicious uh, flavor of vinegar as well. But on the alcohol, you're definitely going to want to go um, – you're definitely going to want to go – Clean, unless you have something specific. Now, here in the in in New York, we can get something called uh, industry standard technical reserve. That's like ninety five uh, five, but it smells and tastes a whole lot better than Everclear does. If you want to do some like super high stuff, but remember you're going to be lowering the proof of the uh, product by how you you know by the amount of fruit that's in it. But if you use a very high proof, very clean alcohol, you can um, add a lot of fruit to it and get very, very uh, you know strong um, extractions out of it. So or hey, you can just use like a regular uh, but remember, like if you have uh, a kilo of uh, of liquor and a kilo of fruit, you're gonna end up with a proof eventually that is, you know, down in like the mid twenties somewhere. So that's gonna mean that the fruit's gonna age more, uh, and different things are gonna happen. Now, I forget Elliot whether it was you or somebody else that tried the um, pectin methylesterase, which is the uh, uh, Novo shape, which is the pectin strengthening enzyme but i would definitely i think it, maybe it was you but you, you definitely want to uh, try that this year what i would do is is take the the fruit uh i would add calcium to, i would do an initial soak in water of the pectin methylesterase and calcium uh and then i would add some extra for good measure to whatever you're going to steep in there i don't know whether it because i i haven't tested it i don't know whether it is deactivated by alcohol or not uh i suppose we could find out i could ask someone but i would definitely add some both before as a pre-soak if you can in vacuum it in or or let it or isi the 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 enzyme into it along with calcium, you're going to get a uh, – I wouldn't ISI because that's going to damage it from the pressure. But uh, you're going to get a much firmer product and it stays firm over – although you know what? I had an old school – back when I was allowed to have cherries, uh, my, my stepfather's grandfather uh, put down some cherries in the 1920s. Uh, and his secret was he would just snip the stems but leave the stem on. It's old wives' tale, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I had one of those cherries that was put down in the 20s in the late 80s, and it was still good. Yeah, yeah, boozy. There's two left of that, by the way. There's two left of those cherries in the world. Anyway, does that make any sense, Daz? Any sense? Any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, don't you have, like, something from him that you have to drink soon or something like that? Well, he's like 95 years old, so there's those two or three cherries left. So like the idea was I wanted to get – and I almost got the story done once. I just wanted uh, him, right, and then uh, my stepfather and then my brother Ben, and we're going to make Manhattans and put those cherries in it and just have like you know almost – it's almost 100 year – the cherry pretty soon will be 100 years old. 
So I think mm-hmm. it's just, it would be interesting that the last three of these things, and then you have a 95-year-old person, a you know 62-year-old person, and a 22-year-old person, like three generations, like having a Manhattan, I think it would be a good story. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't yeah. you? It's a good human interest yeah. story. I'm human. I have interests, maybe. Uh, anyway, you want to do our first break and come right back with some cookie yeah. issues? Great timing. Great. Boom. What's up, guys? It's me, Jack, as in Jack from Cooking Issues, as in the guy that's probably been talking on this show. So, here on the break to tell you about MolecularRecipes.com, which is not only an awesome website and store and resource, but also they support us, which makes them even that much cooler. So I know Dave gives you plenty and plenty of information on the show, but should you need further resource, should you want to get some of the things he's talking about, MolecularRecipes.com has recipes, techniques, ingredients, tools, all in the world of this modernist thing we love so much on the show. So, you know, explore the world of foams and spheres and invisible foods and mind-blowing cocktails, all that awesome stuff. There's a community of over 400,000 chefs, scientists, and food lovers sharing their favorite recipes, tips, and tricks. Cool photos, tools, gadgets. Again, this is everything you'd be into all in one place, molecularrecipes.com. And just for being a listener of this show, you'll get 10% off any of their popular kits just by using the promo code HERITAGE at checkout. That's promo code HERITAGE. So again, check them out, MolecularRecipes.com. Tons of really awesome stuff there. Definitely right up your alley. And welcome back to Cooking Issues. This is the mellow Cooking Issues voice trying to be more professional. Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, with Peter Kim from the Museum of Food and Drink. Welcome back, Peter. Yes, yes. We need a little smooth jazz, Dave. Oh, my God. Smooth jazz. Uh, smooth jazz. Yacht rock. Yeah. That's it. Uh, hey, did you didn't, you didn't uh, play Jackie Molecules, Jack? Of course we did. Oh, my brain was just fuzzed out? Yeah. Can I hear a little more Jackie Molecules? Um, it, it, it ran, but I mean, MolecularRecipes.com for more. Yeah. They've got they, great stuff. But they don't play the music. I just want to hear the... the oh, the song. No, yeah. we, we played the commercial over the uh, break song today. Oh. The stars just hated that song so much, you know, like we couldn't, couldn't, couldn't keep playing it. Yeah. Who did your break song, by the way? Jack. Oh. No, no, no. That, oh, oh, that, no. that song is not from me. That no, no, was a, that's, that was a no, listener. Yeah, that was, that was, no, that's a long time ago, but the, the Jackie Molecule song. This would be the Jackie Molecule song. MolecularRecipes.com. Yeah. Feels appropriately molecules. molecular. It's molecular. That's Jackie right. Molecules. Emma would love this. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's good. Stas hated it. Just well, the know. song. Yeah, well, you know, Stas... We love MolecularRecipes.com, which you guys should check out, but the song, Stas hated it. I actually it. prefer food that's not molecular myself. Yes, you prefer the antimatter food. Well, <laughs> as, as they are well aware, I make fun of their name on a constant basis because I hate the term molecular uh, cooking. I've been painted with that tar brush many times um linus writes in about uh east now listen you know how like isi and ec like for years there was confusion over whether it was isi or ec and it was isi here and ec in austria you know who i'm talking about the whipped cream folk yeah of course yeah yeah so i i'm just gonna from now on i'm just gonna say ec because that's what you're supposed to say now right so i'm not gonna say ISI, yes. ISI anymore agreed it's ec henceforth just ec that's right it's what it is yep okay now ec makes uh, a number of different 
whipped cream makers. <laughs> whipped. Now, they, they uh, make a, a home jazz version, which is not stainless steel looking. It's like, it, it's, you know, metal, but it's like Teflon coated and it's not, it's got a plastic top instead of a uh, metal top. Fine machine. I owned that for many years. You know why? Why? Because they are cheaper. Uh, so, you know, back in the day when all I used it for was whipped cream, that's what I owned. Do you own a, a whipper, by the way? No, not yet. Chump. Okay. Uh, what are you saying? saying you're a chump. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So the question is regarding uh, whippers and different styles of whippers because they have various different kinds. All right? Yep. That's a preface to this question from Linus. Yes. Okay? All right. All right. Uh, love the show. Just had a couple of quick questions about EC whipping siphons. I reach, by the way, they've been called siphons since uh, – I believe they started getting called siphons in the U.S. as a result of translations of Spanish stuff into the U.S. Technically – Right, only the soda ones are siphons, and this is not blindness. This is not a reflection on you. Like everyone calls them siphons, they aren't siphons unless they have the tube running from the top all the way down to the bottom, like a soda thing. It's the same way that if you order a CO two tank and you want to get the dry ice out of it, you have to order what's called a siphon tank, which has a tube going on down to the bottom. Why? So you can siphon the liquid off of the bottom instead of getting the gas out of the top. So a real siphon, you don't have to turn upside down to get the whipped cream out of like you do a whipped cream maker. And by the way, any of you jerks who don't turn the, the – how many times has it happened? Well, it doesn't happen because you don't own one. But like you pass the whipped cream thing around and it's, someone like holds it freaking horizontally and like discharges the gas without freaking discharging the whipped cream. Horrible. Party foul. Hor- horrible. 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 Anyway, um, so they're not really siphons. So I don't really care. It's, I don't care about that as much as I care about like other semantic nonsense like sous vide versus low temperature or molecular versus you know cooking. You know, uh, but I'm just saying like they're whippers, really, not not the siphons, right? Yep. Okay, all, all right. right, all right. Enough, enough said on that. I recently purchased a used uh, EC uh, Profi whip on eBay. Uh, I like purchasing things on eBay, right? Now the Profi Whip is uh, it's meant for whipped cream. It's not meant they don't they didn't intend you to use it for other wacky cooking operations. But more on that to follow. Uh, the unit looks to be in good condition, but there was a dark greasy. Fil- is Nastasia back yet? By the way, her phone cut out. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. How do you like that greasy? Greasy. I, I don't- I don't like the way you say that. I don't yeah. like the way he says a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, nice. There was a dark, greasy film on the inside of the head and all over the rubber gasket. Oof. Ah. Yuck. Something yeah. akin to engine grease. I've managed to wash it off, though I need a replacement gasket. But I was wondering what the heck it is and if I should be concerned. The body itself didn't seem affected. Uh, any ideas as to what nefarious or benign purposes the previous owner may have put this whipper uh, to that might have caused this odd... Ooh, ready for this, Stas? Sebaceous residue. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I know he didn't just call that dude a sebaceous residue. Damn. Anyway, so uh, you know what? It's like when any – like remember, you're making whipped cream in this thing. And when cream festers and gets old and sinks onto the surfaces of things, it turns into a brown, greasy, nasty, stanky, like like old dairy, <laughs> just 
blah, just nasty. And this is why I tell people, and I'll tell you again, do not store the whippers with the freaking lid screwed down. It just turns into nasty. Nasty. Because unless you get all the stuff off, it's going to get nastier and nastier and nastier. You need to unscrew it, pull the gasket out, rinse the gasket off, right? And then, like, put it all together in a way that's not screwed together, and you'll prevent this nastiness from happening. I've had ones where not only have they gone greasy, but moldy. Moldy greasy? Mm. Moldy greasy. Nasty. Nasty. Now, if you were to boil that gasket, I'm sure it would come back to you know being not so smelly eventually. I mean, I don't know whether you've permanently uh, altered it, but uh, anyway, on to the next part of your. That, I think that's probably just cream. Is my my point. Um, Secondly, I have read uh, in the Chef Steps forum – Chef Steps, by the way, nominated for like a bunch of everything, like nominated for like up, down, left, right for like, I don't know, Best People, Best People Award, something yeah, like that. Probably so. Everywhere, yeah. Uh, I have read in the Chef Steps forum that the Profi Whip can be fitted with a silicone gasket from the Gourmet slash Thermo Whip to make it compatible for hot applications. Do you think this is a good idea? And if so, how should the gasket be oriented inside the head as the Gourmet Series gasket has a protruding flap on it not found on the Profi Series gasket? What's the purpose of this flange and how should it sit within the head so as to not cause any unforeseen problems? Thanks for an informative and entertaining show. Cheers, Linus. Okay, so first of all, I'm sure most of you who can't instantly picture the inside of a whipper are lost. So I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to walk you through. For those of you that don't have the whipper in your head, whipper is like all the whippers that have the stainless steel, all the EC whippers that have a stainless steel bottom, frankly, you can use in a hot application. The guys at EC are extremely, extremely anal about what you can use in a hot and a cooking application and what you can't. And a lot of it has to do with very arcane possible issues where someone might get burnt or blah, 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 blah. I'm here to tell you the unit's going to work, all right? That's just a straight-up thing. I'm extremely confident. I visited their factory. I've seen the stuff that they go through. I've seen the materials they use, and they are like crazy nuts on on all that. So you're, you're going to be you're gonna be okay. So you have the stainless bottom, which doesn't care whether it's hot or not, right? Now you have the head. Now on the head, the different units have different, um, they have different valve technologies, right? Which uh, some, the, the EC guys won't let you use in certain applications or others. But it's not really a safety issue from terms of hot and cold because they can both be dis- dishwashed. So you're not going to get hosed that way, right? Now, on the inside of the head, there is a, a gasket, now, the silicone gasket can do, like, obviously very high temps because it's silicone. Um, and that one is the one that they recommend for the cooking uh, uses and the high temperature stuff. And that little flap that comes off of it is literally just a pull tab to make it easier to go in there and pull the uh, gasket out. The other one, I don't really know the rubber composition of it, but it's going to be fine. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you this from experience because I've had it hot a billion times and I've never had a problem. Now, maybe someone can, EC can call me and tell me that like, you know, I'm endangering myself, but I doubt it. The other one is a different rubber composition and instead of that pull tab, it's got an inner ring that the whole ring flaps out and you can loop your finger into it and pull it out. Either one fits because the heads, I'm here to tell you, fit on the same bottoms. Every uh, one of the professional things is completely interchangeable. So you can take the head of, uh, of a one-liter whipper and put it on a half-liter whipper. You can take the head of a half-liter whipper and put it onto a um, 
put it onto a, th- a thermo uh, whip, which is the one that's. By the way, the thermo whip is uh, is to keep things hot, not to actually heat them up. So if you're going to heat up the actual whipper, then you don't want to use the thermo whip. The thermo whip is just to keep hot things hot for a long period of time, like a thermos, right? Uh, all the parts are interchangeable, including the gasket. So if you want to get a new gasket and you want to get the silicone one because that's recommended for the hotter stuff, then go ahead and get it because the machining on the inside of the head is all the same. The other thing, like I say, the valves can be slightly different, but the actual threads and the seating stuff for the gasket, you're going to be okay. And I know this from experience. Yeah? Yeah? You are right with that? Yeah. All right. Um, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Kevin wrote in, I started to listen to the show a few months ago and keep coming back because it's super informative and pretty hilarious. Well, thank you. Uh, I have more personal questions for – I have a more personal question. By the way, every week, Stas, we say yeah. your questions, cooking or otherwise. So here you go, otherwise. This is the first time Nastasia has been called out, right? Oh, right. Right. Uh, this one. Okay. I have a more personal question for Nastasia. It seems like whenever anyone mentions uh, that you went to Stanford, the university, not Stamford, the town, which you also like. I love Stamford, the town. You know that. Yeah. yeah. The Stas has this love affair with the town of Stamford, Connecticut. <laughs> not the actual city center, which, by the way, I don't like the architecture there. I'm just saying. No offense to the WWE or WWF, whatever it is. Like <laughs> The Feder- yeah. Wrestling Federation has their stuff there. But you, you like the waterfront there in Stamford. I like those. I like the Japan. I like one specific structure in in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's see, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The the college founded by or with the money from uh, Leland Stanford uh, in California. And you were born there. I was born there. I was born there. Uh, and that's basically it. Like we hightailed it out of there when I was three, and you know. I'm not gonna say never look back. It's nice over there, right? Anyway, whatever. Dave is a Californian. Really cracks me up. Yeah, right. Like the idea. The <laughs> fact that I'm a born Californian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the opposite of everyone. I was born in if California you had and there, moved you'd here. Be like a smoothie sipping alfalfa sprout sandwich eating. Never freaking say that I'm an alfalfa sprout anything. They are the <laughs> devil. I challenge you to find anyone on earth that actually likes the flavor of those rancid things. No one likes them. They eat them because they think that they're good. I like the flavor of alfalfa. You like alfalfa sprouts? Uh, I like Get out. The I like it. Well, what do you mean you like it? Do you like, like poison? It. No, I think it just has a nice fresh taste to it. I like it's not it. fresh. Oh, it's the opposite God. of fresh. It tastes yeah. like poison. I like it. Peter, I'm with you. Yep. You like think it. Wait, whoa, 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 Clean, fresh, clean. clean. Fresh is so clean. Yeah, definitely. Jack, clean. I'm Jack, with you. I'm with you on this, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is like a uh, central dish. I think they they get stuck in your freaking teeth. They're <laughs> like, they look nasty. They look like no. Look, they look like steel wool or something bad has happened. I actually, yeah, no, that's that's no problem. I think they're I think they're the worst. Yeah, I don't, I don't find it to be offensive at all. It tastes good to me. I like sprouts in general, though. Some people find parsley. Well, parsley. I mean, I love parsley, but like sprouts, they're they're actually physically like full, normally full of bacteria because of the terrible yes. conditions in which they're produced. Yes, and they taste of it. Yes. they taste like they were grown in like somebody's shoe, and they <laughs> are almost invariably raw. So they listen. I realize that everybody likes pea shoots, for instance. And I don't like them very much because of that raw flavor. I wish they would just be cooked a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Because I don't like that starchy rawness. Right. So you have the leftover uncooked 
uh, you know, seed, right, yep. which has been festering in gunk because they had to keep it moist for all that yep. time in a warm environment. Yep. And then a little kind of poorly textured nonsense popping out of it. What's good about that? Uh, you know, it's just a really fresh. Like, wait, 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 you say fresh. It, for me, that's the way I would describe it. Like mung bean sprouts, I love mung bean sprouts. It's a big part of Korean cuisine too. That's the only good sprout. You just mentioned oh. the only good sprout. Well, there are other good sprouts. I like I like broccoli sprouts. I like alfalfa sprouts. No, see alfalfa. Like, no, alfalfa. I like radish sprouts. Terrible. Yeah, I think I like tasty. cooked sprouts. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Washed, like very thoroughly washed cooked sprouts. Well, so here's the question: Is it just the idea of it festering, or is it? The, it's also just the flavor too, right? It I mean, ruins for me, the idea. Doesn't okay. Me. Here's what I freaking hate. Someone takes like they make what would otherwise be an okay sandwich, and then they put this mess of hairy, dirty tasting nonsense on top, and then you're like, ah, ah, and you can't even pick them all out. Because when you rip, take it off, it, like some of it invariably is embedded in whatever else is in yep. this thing. You can't get it out. And yeah. like one of them reeks of the freaking sprout container wow. that these nasty things were produced in. Yeah. All right. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. Somebody like uh, – More than one. Every time I, it happens to me. Yeah. You, know, you, know who, you know who likes them? People who like wraps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I they think go hand was, in hand. Undercooked tortillas and freaking sprouts. I'm imagining a bully who wore like a varsity jacket, shoved Dave against the lockers in high school, and like made him force him to eat an alfalfa sprout wrap. I mean, it's just a horrible. It's like you just have to pretend that you're not alive for the couple of minutes while you're eating it. It's like <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, like like I can eat anything. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. I would never ruin food with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we're together on the wrap thing, but sprouts, I like them. So. How about Stanford? Dave is frozen no, right now. No, I, I thought you guys were going to... No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, Stas. I'm, I'm you, you're not getting deflected back, that I'm easily. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Nastasia, it seems like whenever anyone mentions you went to Stanford, you don't want to talk about it and refer to it as that place you went to college, in quotes. As a current Stanford undergrad, I am curious. What was your experience at Stanford like? Also, how the heck did you start working for Dave? So, uh, best Kevin... Uh, class of uh, 15, so graduating uh, this year. This year. Wow, good, good for him. Um, wow. No, I didn't need it, and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to be like, me, 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 feel sorry for me when I talk about this, but I worked 40 hours a week, and I took the full load while I was there, and I just didn't really have much of a Stanford experience because I was more worried about paying the money, uh, paying the tuition off. And I graduated in three years just to get out of there um, because I was sick of paying that money. And, yeah, that's, that's it. That's fair. That's a really fair yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't yeah. – but the, the, the thing about it is what you're saying is, is it has nothing to do with the college. It has to do with the fact that you don't feel like you got the standard college experience. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. All right. But you have nothing against it. I mean it's a pretty, it's a pretty campus, right? The what? It's a pretty campus. Do you have Sputnik yeah, flying through your hair? What's, what's going on here? Are you on a spaceship? No, no. It's a metal detector on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's out on the beach. Did you find a like a like a like a an old half dollar or something? Someone's gold ring that they lost in the surf. Was it mine? You know, I lost my I lost a gold ring in the surf oh, once. Damn. I lost one of my wedding rings in the surf. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then you said all the women, and for the rest of that trip, kept checking you out. That no, that was a different trip. That was a different oh. trip. I've lost my wedding ring. Uh, I've lost it 
off my finger twice. And uh, uh, once in the surf and once, I swear to God, milking a cow. It was either when I was milking the cow or when what? I was doing the dishes. So I had this event what? I was doing in New Orleans, and I was washing a lot of dishes, and, and then I was also milking a cow. And it's when I was milking the – after I milked the cow that I noticed – because they were doing fresh syllabub. I noticed uh, that my ring was gone. And the third one that I lost, it got crimped around my finger and had to be cut off. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's why now I have stainless steel wedding band, and it's like – you know, never get crimped. So you're telling me somebody found a gold ring in their cereal bowl? No, in the surf. You know, that's what Stas is doing right now. She's out there. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> oh, wait. And the other half of that question is how did I meet you? I, we met through Cesare on a farm trip, uh, and we were in the same car. Yeah, we were in the same car, and that's when we, uh, we bonded over. I think we told the story on the air. We bonded over this crazy anti-Semite. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can find you anywhere. He's like, he was. Did we tell the story in the air ever? He says, he goes, uh, he goes. You know what? People, they always make a mistake. I can always find them. You know what? They don't give up their car. They don't give up their car. They'll give up their yeah. wife. They'll give up their kids. They don't give up their car. What? And I'll find them. Yeah. And and then he's yeah. like, plus I hate Jews. And we're like, what the whoa ah! And we're in a car with this guy for hours. He's driving us and like. He wasn't that blatant about it, but almost, right, Stas? Yes. Sounds yes. like the guy from Inglorious Bastards. I mean, it was like the most random thing in the world. I was like, yeah. I was like, ah, uh, uh, what are you supposed to do? Like, you're trapped in a oh, car see, with a fuck. I have one. I have one. Question. Sorry, I almost, almost dropped that. You're trapped in a car with like a, a vicious anti-Semite. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, you become friends with the person who's not an anti-Semite. Yeah, and so that's um, why we're working together now. Yes. <laughs> we literally bonded. We're like we're the only people in the car that we weren't afraid of. Yeah. So essentially, the bar got lowered low enough to allow for the possibility of friendship to develop between the two of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Like just somebody with like a mild, like a touch of racism. You guys wouldn't have like. We never would have worked together. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I could have just shrugged it off. Yeah. yeah exactly. But it was like yeah. it was like that kind of like like nuclear bomb blast of holy crap you know right he's saying this now yeah kind of like you know <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like yeah. you know when someone says something it's <laughs> yeah one of those things yeah oh damn wait so dave i had one question somebody doesn't believe that we saw john george working in a sailor suit who doesn't believe that that's just I, I truth say, but that's just truth. Look, we did an event. I don't even remember what the event was for, but it was at. I uh, like, but do you have a photo? And I'm like, no. no I don't take photos. Look, we're people. We work. We're working. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nastasia yeah. made me dress in a, a shirt, like a, a light denim shirt, eight times too small for me, with a with a fuzzy like applique sheep on it. What? And a rainbow. And a rainbow. <laughs> Yeah, which you own that shirt now. And yeah. Jean-Georges and Greg Brainin were there for Jean-Georges. They were doing a lobster roll, and they were dressed in sailor's outfits, like straight up. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Big props, or big ups, as we yeah. might say, uh, to uh, JG for yeah. kicking enough behind that he can show up in a sailor's outfit. And why were you wearing yeah. what you were wearing? Because Nastasia made me. Why else would I do anything? <laughs> anyway, let's get to some questions. I hate to do this, guys. It's almost time. All right, I got, I'll, like rip, I'll rip through minute. it. Oh. 
All right. Brett Humphreys writing us in about centrifuges. Uh, I'm going to have to go back to jet wine speed. First, I want to thank you for the many years of enjoyment uh, through the Cooking Issues blog. If it hadn't been for that blog, I never would have gone uh, to the Fruit and Spice Park in Florida. Good times, right, Stas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now out of the way place, but great fun. I always recommend anyone who's going to be in South Dade to go to the Fruit and Spice Park. Awesome. But try to get a special tour so you can actually taste the fruit. You know how tropical fruit people are. Anyway. Uh, or maybe you don't. Uh I recently bought a copy of your book, Liquid Intelligence, and also spent an enjoyable evening at Booker and Dax. The book inspired me to buy a centrifuge, and apparently I've picked up one similar to what you use, a Juan 412. That is very similar to what I use, a uh, three-liter benchtop fuse. Fuge. I, uh, this was bought used, and I understand all the risks and concerns associated with such a purchase. I'm working to get it up and running, but have a uh, question. What do you use for centrifuge bottles? In your book, one picture shows them pouring directly into the bucket. I do not believe you would actually use the bucket directly. Any advice or direction would be greatly appreciated. Again, thank you for the interesting lessons through the years. Regards, Brett Humphreys. In fact, I do use the bucket directly. For many years, I didn't. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use the freaking bucket. You want to make sure that you don't put anything into the bucket that's going to ha- – look, the buckets are anodized aluminum. If the if the anodized Anodization, if the anodized coating is good, I don't think you're going to damage the aluminum much with uh, the very short amount of time that uh, acids like juices are sitting in. I don't let stuff sit in the bucket for a long time. But uh, there's no bottle that works really well. I, I used to make little vacuum. I used to take uh, a sealer and bags and form little like kind of lunch bags that fit in it uh, to get it out. But all the bottles suck because you have to unscrew them. They have a throat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I spin directly in the buckets. Downside, you can't fill up too much. If you fill up too much, you can spill stuff as it spins up and spins down. You have to make sure the pins on the buckets are uh, nice and smooth so you don't get any like flap around while it's going. But yes, I do spin directly in the buckets. Make sure you never use – put them in a dishwasher, put detergent. Anything that would harm aluminum, you don't want to do. Listen, they're going to kick me off the air, but Brian, uh, Brian Van Clavern, I have your question on ham for next week. I'll start off with it next week on how to keep a ham for a long time because what is, what is the definition of forever? Two people in a Virginia ham, and we're going to get going on it next week. How to keep your ham cooking issues. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 